so because in the end of this week's parsha we have a little bit about Brismila, so I thought we would talk about Brismila. Um, I'm going to share with you, I, I, someone on the way in said, are you going to get to all three questions tonight? So I said, I only have two. But then I realized I do have a third one also, so we'll see. We'll mention three questions, and again, you'll tell me which one you want me to do. Um, I was asked, got a phone call on Erev Yantif, Erev Sukkis. If you recall this year, Sukkot was a three-day Yantif, first days and second days. It was a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night Yantif began, so Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. So I got a phone, an email rather, it wasn't a phone call, on Erev Sukkot that a fellow told me that there was a baby born in London to a cousin of his two weeks ago, two weeks before Sukkot. The baby was not ready for a meal of the baby was yellow. And they couldn't do the Mila Bismano, but the family got permission from the doctors to go to Eretz Yisrael Fiyantiv. The family always go, likes to go to Eretz Yisrael Fiyantiv. They had tickets already. So they went to Eretz Yisrael Fiyantiv with a baby that wasn't Kamalk yet. And the doctor said, look, there, 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 there might be a mole or two in Eretz Yisrael. You might be able to find someone to do the Mila while you're in Eretz Yisrael. So find a mole that you could talk to in Eretz Yisrael that will do the Mila. So you get to Eretz Yisrael. Erev Yantiv, the male comes to look at the baby. And the male says... Not quite ready yet, but probably by Friday he'll be ready, so we'll come back and we'll do the meal on Friday. The family's from London. They, they're keeping two days Yantif. So they said, Friday, it's a meal of Shalom Bizman, it's Yantif for us, so we can't do the prison Friday. The mole says, I'm in Eretz Yisrael de Gamayel. <laughs> I only keep one day Yantif. Friday's not Yantif for me. I can do the bris mila. So the parents thought that, 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 uh, that, that when it comes to Shlichus, that anything that I can't do myself, I can't appoint a shliach to do for me. So I can't hire you to be my male to to, to maul my child if I'm not allowed to do the malach myself on uh, on the second day yantiv. So that was shaila number one. Should they do the mila on Friday on the second day yantiv? If if for the bnei chutzlars for the babies of ben chutzlars, his parents are bnei chutzlars that are observing two days of of yantiv in Eretz Yisrael. That was shaila number one. That was uh, this year. The second Mila Shaila is a question I got a few years ago. Uh, Baruch Hashem, the whole situation is, uh, I don't know if you can say it was resolved, but it's much, much better. And uh, the Shaila was as follows. There was a woman who was uh, pregnant, and while she was pregnant, she was diagnosed with leukemia during her pregnancy. And it was a big to-do. All, all the hospitals, the doctors were hocking about this. How do you go, how do you go about a course of treatment where you're going to keep the baby safe and the baby will be able to be born normally and still treat the mother for, for her illness. So they figured out what to do and they uh, induced her very early. They took the baby out when the baby was ready enough to come out. But obviously the baby couldn't get a Mila Bismana when the baby came out. The baby needed a number of treatments and was, uh, was, was uh, a little bit sick. And then, uh, and then finally when the baby was healthy enough, the Allah is normally you count the, uh, the eight days from when the baby gets healthy, from the, when the baby gets, has his uh, last, last treatment, so that's when you start counting. It's not like when the baby's yellow. If the baby's yellow, as soon as he's not yellow, you do the mila. When the baby's sick and he's undergoing treatments, so then you count the eight days from when the baby gets healthy. So what happened was, they realized that the baby was uh, going to be healthy at a certain point. The doctors were going to finish with the baby at a certain point in time, and they were going to count from there, and the mila was going to fall out, let's uh, say the mashal, on a, on a Sunday. The only problem is, the woman, the mother of the baby, was, was going to be going through a round of chemo in the hospital on that Sunday, and she was not going to be able to attend the bris. Now normally, a mother attends the bris, she doesn't attend the bris, 
Uh, it's not such a terribly emotional thing, but you can imagine the kind of ordeal that this woman went through to be diagnosed while she was pregnant and then to have to go through everything that she went through while she, while she was pregnant and the, the agony of whether this baby was going to make it and then finally to be zochet, to be machnis, and she's not going to be there, it was, it was terribly agonizing for her. So the doctors told her, there's no way we can let you out of the hospital on time for the baby's birth. We just can't do it. It's too dangerous for you. No way. But one day later is all you need. The next day you can come out. That was the metzius as they, as they described it. So the, uh, the family first called the Moel, and uh, the Moel is Rabbi Pesach Kron, and you, you may have heard of him, yeah? So they, uh, they, they called the Moel, and the, the Moel said that he can do the bris, he said, uh, he said he, they told him the Shaila, and he said we could do it a day later. Don't worry about it, we'll do it a day later. So the father called me up, because uh, I'm the rabbi of the shul, so the, the father called me up and he said, He's about Shuvah, the father. So he said, you know, when I talk, sometimes people don't realize that I'm from. You know, they think that I'm, uh, that I'm not really religious guy. Rabbi Kron does milas a lot of times for people who aren't really religious. So it could be that when he told me we could do the milah the next day, he thought that I'm not from him, I'm not going to listen to him anyway. So he would just tell me whatever, you know, whatever would get an actual milah so that I won't hire some, uh, you know, won't get a, a circumcision done in the hospital or something. I don't know. I don't know if he was giving me a psat. So he said, what, what, what should I do? He said, my wife would be terribly distraught and disappointed if she can't attend the bris, but we're, we're ready to listen to whatever psaac you're, you're going to give us. So what did I do? I said, I'm not taking this achrayis. You know, this is a, nebuch, a cancer patient. I'm not going to take the achrayis on my head. So I called up. For some reason, I couldn't get to Rav Shachter. I don't know, maybe he was out of the country. I'm not sure. Rav Shachter wasn't available. So I, uh, I called up Rav David Feinstein. And uh, I had a number for a driver, Dov Feinstein, so whoever gave me the number said, you call, you call this number and then burn it as soon as you use it once, never call it, I don't know, whatever it was. So I called up the, uh, the driver of Dov Feinstein and he said, call me back in an hour. I'll be with Rav David in the car in an hour. Great, fine, call him back in an hour, that much time we have. In the meantime, I called Rav Nata Greenblatt. My brother is very close to Rav Nata Greenblatt. He's, uh, in addition to being uh, a moel for decades and decades, he, was, uh, he is a, a Gadol Yisrael. He's an unbelievable uh, hidden gem of the Jewish people. So, uh, so, I called, uh, so I called Rav Nata Greenblatt. My brother actually called Rav Nata Greenblatt for me. And Rav Nata said, you do the Mila a day later because, not because it's the right thing to do, but because if the mother's going to be distraught, for a, someone who's going through the kinds of treatments that she's going through, her mental state of mind is, uh, is very critical to how, how strong she's going to be physically in fighting the disease. And uh, it's pikuach nefesh. Her state of mind is also pikuach nefesh. So for pikuach nefesh, she could delay the bris mila for one day. Okay, great. Then I, I, I told Rav David, I, Rav David Feinstein's uh, driver, I'd call him back. So I called back Rav David Feinstein's driver after I, I, I got the Pesach from Rav Nata. I told Rav David, I didn't tell Rav David, I spoke to Rav Nata already. So I told Rav David the whole situation. Rav David says, you should tell her they should do the meal at the right time. And in that zuchus, she should have a before shalema for doing the right thing, for doing the meal in the right time. <coughs> You're sure she's going to be so distraught. Tell her to do the meal in the right time. And in that zuchus, now you got to tell her that's the right thing to do. And that will be a great zuchus for her. And it should be a zuchus for her before shalema. 
So now the Shaila the Shaila sounded like a good one to begin with, but now the Shaila is not the guy's Shaila; it's my Shaila. What do I do over here? The guy already asked the Shaila to, to to Rabbi Pesach Kron. Rabbi Kron told him we'll do it a day later. The guy's not sure if that was a psak or not a psak, or it was just uh, I don't think you're from, so you're not going to listen to me anyway. The Rav Nata Greenblatt said we'll do it a day later. It's pikuach nefesh. Rav Feinstein says do it earlier. What do I do in that situation? That was Shaila number two. Shaila number three, I'll just mention, I'll just throw it out there. Maybe we'll get to it at the end if we, if we have time. I was asked uh, probably nine, ten years ago already, right, right after I, my shul started. We started my shul, we were coming up, we just had our ten-year anniversary, Parshas Noah. So, uh, so right after we started, uh, a woman came over to a woman who's an OBGYN. She's a doctor, and she, and she says that very often in the hospital, uh, they'll ask her, the, the patient who's not religious, will ask her to do the circumcision. So she said, if I'm doing the cir- first of all, she said, I always hold a pile of cards with me, you know, Rabbi Krohn's cards, I don't know, Rabbi Krohn, I guess, is very, there are a lot of other Malamosa, but he, he, hold, takes, he, has, he has a pile of cards, and he gives out the Rabbi Krohn's card. And he says, you want to, you, you know, you should really do it this way. She always tells them, you should, you should, he's wonderful, he'll do a good job, don't worry about it. And sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. So she said, well, they don't listen, and they say, no, we want you to do it, we want it done in the, in the hospital. So she asked, should I make a bracha? I'm going to be doing this. I can't tell the patient no. So should I make a rock? Or is it better that I not do it? Should I let a guy do it? Is it better that I do it? And, uh, and, and if I do it, should I, should I say a bracha? So those are the three shilas, the three Mila-related shilas. Any preference of... Um, what was the first one again? <laughs> the first one was the Yom Tov Sheni in Eretz Yisrael. It was the Yom Tov Sheni in Eretz Yisrael one. Should I the third one first? Third one first. Okay, this is... Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of a scene from the movie Shrek just now, but okay. Shows who get it, get it. The uh, <laughs> the we'll, we'll start with the third one. Is it, that was this is just the way you raise your hand. We learned last week, yeah. right? Clarifying, what's the the chiyuv of of a male? Whoever is doing the is there any promise that who is and other than who receives who actually receives a kabbalah do mila do mila is who is the who is allowed to do kosher bris on a baby? Would this woman be even allowed? It's, it's not that hard. I mean, for someone who's no, a... No, that's not saying hard, physically hard or not, but like, is, can women do bris could women do oh, so that's that's the, that's part of the shaila number three is whether a woman could do could do a bris mila. That's 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 obviously that's clearly part of the part of the shaila over here. Um, there there should be a clear raya from. Well, I guess we'll start with three. We'll mention it quickly. There should be a clear raya from chumish that a woman's allowed to do a bris mila. Sipora, right? She took the tzor and she did the she did the bris mila. So some of the so, ah so. Also, so but but apparently it counts as bris. It counts as a, as a mila. Now it could be that bris mila. Maybe that counts that the child is gemalt, but it doesn't count as a mitzvah mila. Those those are different things. You know, the, there's a beautiful sefer called Ishim Veshitos. Rav, uh, Rav Zevin wrote about various Torah personalities over the last 300 years or so. So yeah, it's 10, 15 pages on a variety of different uh, different Gedolei Yisrael, and it's not they're not biographies. It's intellectual bi- It's biographies of their brain. Meaning he's really dissects like how they 
they think, how their style of learning. Very fascinating sefer. And he has like 100 pages on the Ragachavar. He has like 15 pages on everybody else because he was a Ben Bayes by the Ragachavar. So he has like 100 pages on the Ragachavar. One of the things, one of the first things he says about, it must be one of the first things, I never got through past the first few pages. So one of the first things he says about, about the Ragachavar is that whereas Reb Chaim was always, would always do Tzvei Dinim, everything we'd analyze with the Tzidin and the Gavra, Din and the Chetza, Din and the Maisa, Din and the Kiyum, right? We'd always do Tzvei Dinim. The Ragachavar had a knack for finding three dinim. That he would take uh, he would take Allah and he would break it down to three dinim. And one of the examples that he gives is Mila. He says Mila is actually three different dinim. People often think of it incorrectly and they have all sorts of kashas because they're not thinking of it clearly. There are three separate dinim of Mila. There's a mitzvah of the the Maisa mitzvah of Mila to do a bris Mila. Then there's a separate din, Sheyehei Nimol, that a person should be gemalt, and that's a separate mitzvah. Let's say a person did a Maisa mitzvah mila and then was Moshech Bar Arlaso, so he's no longer gemalt, he doesn't have that, uh, that mila anymore, <coughs> even though the mila was done. The riot for that is Marachar Zeruah from the Medrash of David Melech, that David Melech was in the bathhouse one time and he was getting all distraught that he doesn't have mitzvahs because he doesn't have tefillin, he doesn't have tzitzis, and then he sees his mila and Baruch Hashem, he has a mitzvah. And Marachar Zeruah says, what do you mean Baruch Hashem, you have a mitzvah? That mitzvah was your father's mitzvah when you were eight days old. What does that have to do with you having a mitzvah now? No, you see that every moment that a person has a mila, that's also a mitzvah. That it's a mitzvah to be gemalt. And then there's a third din, Shaloyehei Arel, that is Nisra to be an Arel. The person's not allowed to be an Arel. Three dinim mila. So it could be that one could say that the mila, the Maisa mila is not a mila. Let's say a baby, for example, is Nolad Maho. A baby is born with a bris mila. So he's not an Arel. He doesn't have an Arla, so he's, not, he's certainly not an Arl, but he still needs to do some sort of Maisa. He's also Gemalt, but you need to do some sort of, some sort of Maisa. So the Maisa you do, you do Atavas Dambris, because that's a Din in the Maisa. They have to do a Din in the Maisa. Mila, fascinating way. Every time you see a Sugi about Mila now, you think about it in that way, and it's a, it changes the whole way you look at, you look at the Sugi. When you, when you think about those, those three things. I once, had, I once had a time, I may have mentioned this here, I once had a Talmud's father come at parent-teacher conferences and tell me, uh, he sits down and he says, you should know, my son was born with a Bris Mila. He was born Gemalt. I said, you should know, he's still not doing well in Gemara. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they didn't know, like, what does that have to do with anything? So, but it was very interesting, I guess. So they, they did uh, they did Dambris. So, um, so the, the Shaila over there is, there, that's one issue that some raised. Can a woman do a bris mila? What else is an issue on that third Shaila? What, other, what else do we have to worry about? It's not the eighth day. When do they typically do a bris in the hospital? They do it before the eighth day. So before the eighth day is not the Zman Mitzvah. If you do a Mila before the eighth day, you have to do a Tafas Dambris again after the eighth day. Well, third, there's a third issue. Well, the, the Bracha would depend on whether it's a Mitzvah at all, right? And whether she can do it. There's a, there's a third issue, though. Well, they could probably do it day or night in the, in the hospital. There's, uh, well, Mitzitza, I'm not going to get into the Mitzitza, you could... You could the mila, the mila might might well be kosher without a mitzvah of a pet. Uh, so the, the, the there's so my brother got my brother's a mail in Palo Alto. He got he got trained from uh, Maishala, who's a famous mail in Yerushalayim. And he said even when Maishala do, does uh, the Arab babies in the hospital, he does mitzvah of a pet. Strangest thing. Why in the world would he do mitzvah of a pet? The Arab babies. I don't know. I have no idea. But. I practice. I guess he just never wants to do a mila without mitzvah. In the first place, is for practice. Well, the, no, they they do. They, my brother got his training on uh, on the babies in the hospital. That's why I remember. I called him. I said, "Did you do any bris milas yet?" He said, "Milas, not bris milas yet." <laughs> but they, they do, Arabs do Arabs do mila. Arabs do mila. 
13. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. Mila 13. Well, it depends how from. It depends how from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's as as much as uh, our world is. You know, there, a Jew is not just a Jew. There's so many different levels and so, of, of observance. It's like that in our world also. It's like that in all all the religions. I was once flying on a plane to Israel, and I was with a. There were 50 Amish people on the plane. Amish people with the full garb and everything. I said, are you guys allowed to be on the plane? <laughs> you guys allowed to fly? He said, we're not, you know, we're not an Orthodox Amish. You know, we're not, we're not, uh, that's all from... I said, yeah, cell phone? He said, that guy has a cell phone. They pointed like, you know, the rebellious one in the group. That has a, whatever. So, so, but there's another issue. How do they do the meal in the hospital? How do they do a meal in the hospital? So do you know... They, they, they use the tube thing and uh, uh, they use a clamp that uh, that cuts off all the that cuts off the blood flow, that cuts off the circulation. Now it happens to be that meal in a hospital is a much longer procedure that it can't be shorter than, than what we do. The the Mila that you have that you go to a bris and there's a skilled model and he's uh, he's done in like seconds. The meal in a hospital is a procedure. My impression is, the way it was described to me, is that the reason that it's a procedure is because they make it idiot-proof. They make it in a way where you can't possibly mess up because hospitals' number one concern always is avoid lawsuit. So anything that they could do, that they could make the procedure in a way that no matter how long it takes and how painful it's going to be for the baby because they're spending 15 minutes mutching the baby instead of just doing a three-second mila, but it, that it will avoid a lawsuit. So, uh, so they do it in a way where it cuts off the blood flow, which gets into a whole shaila about using clamps for a mila, whether that's a kasher mila. There's a big, big discussion in, in poskim whether it's uh, whether it's kasher mila to do it that way. So those are the those are the are the are the three issues. Now it happens to be if you just open up a shulchan aruch and the truth is I wasn't even prepared to speak about this third <laughs> this third question. But if you open up a shulchan aruch and it's machlokas mechaber rama about whether a woman can do milut, machloks rishon and machloks mechaber rama. The rama, if I'm not mistaken, the rama assumes that a woman can do a mila. Um, I think the Mechaber says the Chachila not to, but I think the Ramah assumes that a woman can do a Mila. So we would assume that in, even according to the Mechaber, probably Bidyevit, in this kind of situation, she would be able to, uh, to, to say a bracha, yeah? What about So the, the Rishon discussed Mila explicitly, so you don't have to... You don't have to make it sushtal, really, but they, they don't they don't bring that that issue that issue up. So if the we. Okay, I don't want to get into Nashim Daitikalis. I don't think that has to be a consideration over here because you have often Shulchan Aruch. It's 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 explicit in Shulchan Aruch that lechadchila it's best for a woman not to do the mila. But the evidence, there's no other mole available. A woman's able to do a mila and she could say a bracha on the mila. Before the eighth day, no good. It's not going to, absolutely, you don't say a bracha before the eighth day, and it's not a kasher mila before the eighth day. So she should say, listen, you should try to use a mail. If you want to use me, let's try to encourage them to wait till, till the eighth day. To do, assuming again, assuming the, the parents are Jewish. She should try to encourage them to wait, to wait for the eighth day to do the bris mila. What about the, uh, the clamp and the fact that it cuts off the, the blood flow? So I asked my brother about this. Is it really true that there's no bleeding at all? So he said his impression was that even though Postcom have a serious problem with using a clamp as a matter of, uh, of course, as a matter of, of procedure for the way they do the mila, but he doesn't think it's enough of a, it's enough of a problem that we would actually call it puzzle and, uh, and, and not say a bracha. That it doesn't totally cut off all blood. There is some blood, it's just not nearly as much blood, but he doesn't think that that would, uh, that would puzzle the mila. 
So in that situation, I think if the woman could convince them to wait till the eighth day, she can do the meal according to hospital protocols. She's probably not allowed to do it any other way, so she has to do it according to hospital protocols. But uh, she, should, she could probably say a bracha on, on such a meal. The parents want her to do the meal. She's a Jewish person. She could probably say the bracha on a meal in that situation. So that was uh, the shortest one, because that's the one I wasn't really... Right, well, unless there was right, unless there was an issue or something, in which case, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I don't think she's not going to leave the baby in a hospital for an extra, you know, week. You said if there's a Oh, if if the if it was, you have to do a tough stambris with a uh, yeah someone who's who's mechuyiv b'davar yeah. Yeah. Why would the isha not be allowed to do this? She's not mechuyiv b'davar. She's not mechuyiv in mila herself. So it's there's a discussion in the uh, in 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 shas in general. If a person, the Gemara Menachah says, "Kshartem uchsaften." Anyone who can uh, who puts on tefillin, the ties tefillin, could be kosev tefillin, could write tefillin. So a woman can't be a sofer, right? She can't produce kosher tefillin. Yet on the other hand, we have uh, Gemara and Sukkah that tells us Sukkah's ganvach is kosher. The Sukkah of Goyim, of Nashim, if a woman builds a sukkah, it's kosher. If a woman's potter from a sukkah. So the Rishonim work with that, working with the fact that the Gemara says that since she can't, she's not chayv in tefillin, she can't produce a cheftah shal mitzvah of tefillin, and working with the fact that even though she's not chayv in sukkah, she can produce a cheftah shal mitzvah of sukkah, they try to figure out what about all other mitzvahs. So there is a logic to say that if she's not chayv in mila, that she can't produce a mila. She can't do a maisa mila that's going to be, it's going to be a kosher mila. So you find, even in the discussion in the postgame, that not everyone bought into the Raghi Chavar's three dinim. Because a lot of them say, the baby's gemalt, what difference does it make? You know, if the, if the baby's gemalt, that's, that's all you need. She's able to... It's, uh, so there, there is some... But that, that's the issue. That's the, that's the issue. Right I just gave a 10-minute lachash here on it, but I totally forgot all the details. So uh, whatever, it's, it's online. I'm sure you could find it if you want more details about a woman doing a bris milah. But that's, that was that, that shayla. Um, people want to do the second shayla? Yeah. Okay, the second shayla was this crazy story with the, with the woman who was who was sick. So, it's re- what's what's the issue over here? What are, what are the issues that I have to think about with the woman who was diagnosed with leukemia? The whole the whole story. I should repeat the question. The whole thing. I'll say I'll say it quickly. A woman was pregnant and was diagnosed with leukemia while she was pregnant. They did a whole. Uh, the doctors worked out a course of treatment. The baby was, they induced her, they delivered the baby, the baby needed some treatment also after the baby was, was born. Finally, the baby got better, you're supposed to wait the eight days from then, they get the, you know, a week later, they're ready, for, is the baby's man for the bris mila, that's when the bris is supposed to be. The woman was still going to be going through chemo at that time, the doctor said it was dangerous for her to leave the hospital at that time. So, but the next day she'd be out of the hospital. So she wanted to know if she could postpone the, the bris. But, the father, before he called me, he called Rabbi Krohn, Rabbi Krohn, who was the mole. Rabbi Krohn said, yes, postpone it. father wasn't sure whether Rabbi Krohn was just telling that to make him feel good because he didn't think he was from and he didn't think he would listen. So I called Rav David Feinstein, didn't get through to him. Called Rav Natu Greenblatt. Rav Natu Greenblatt said, postpone it because it's pikuach nefesh, for the mother to not be in the proper uh, state of mind. It's her pikuach nefesh. And then, then finally got through to Rav David Feinstein, and Rav David Feinstein said, 
um, do it on the on the right day. Don't don't delay it at all. And tell her the zechus of doing it on the right day should be she should be zochet to refor shleima. Now what do I do? So what what are the shaylas? What are the issues? This is one of the issues. Good. So one of the issues is, am I allowed, well, who's, who has the right to give the Pesach here? Who's the one? Should we say the Gadol Shabakulam? And i got to figure that out. I should have a Torah bowl between Rav Nata and Rav Dov Feinstein. Yeah, because Rav David, I didn't get rid of Rav David. And I, was, I know, but I didn't know. I never tried it before. They, they, they had a whole scary thing where, you know, if you, I have to burn the number. I don't know. I didn't I was afraid that I wasn't going to get a hold of somebody. So I wanted to get a hold of somebody to be able to, to speak to the father. Is it either of their Shilas? Is it my Shaila? The Shaila was asked already. Who is it asked to? Rabbi Krohn. So one issue is whose Shaila is it? Who has the right to answer this Shaila? Then, then once you deal with that, then the question is, and who's right? I mean, what's, what's the correct sack in this Shaila? Right, Father goes back to Rav Pesach Kron and says, you know, all these other rabbis said that you were wrong. Like, no, Rabbi, you know, if you know anything about Rabbi Kron, he's, you, you, you tell, call him, you tell him Rav Dov Feinstein said, he'll be fine. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be insulted that Rav Dov Feinstein is cholik on him. He's not... <laughs> Why would that matter? Why would that matter? Oh, so that was my thinking. My thinking was this is Rabbi Krohn's Shaila to Paskin if he Paskined it. Meaning, if what, he's, what he said was a Psak Halacha, this is Shaila to Paskin. He has the right to say Psak Halacha. If what he said is not a Psak Halacha, if what he said was, okay, this guy's probably not from, he doesn't sound so from, I'll just tell him, you know, because Nebuchadnezzar, I don't want him to go uh, ask the female doctor in the hospital to put a clamp on the baby and, you know, do a, do a meal that way. So I'll just, uh, I'll just tell him in a way that we can make sure that we do a proper bris, right? So if that's what he was doing, then he didn't give a psak. And then, the, then I have the question of whose psak is it? Is the fact that I called Rav David first, even though I didn't get through to him, does that make it Rav David's psak? And I have to listen to him, or is Rav Nata the first one? Right, but it was clearly with my with my shlichus. I mean, my brother, you know, it was, it was obviously this shaila was brought to Rav Nata before the shaila was ever brought to Rav David. I mean, I told the meister to the driver, but I don't think he told Rav David. Rav David, it sounded like it was new to Rav David when I, when I told him. So it was brought. So I think in, in on that level, if Rabbi Kron, if it would turn out that Rabbi Kron was not giving a psak, if it turns out Rabbi Kron was giving a psak, it's his psak. If it turns out Rabbi Kron was not giving a psak, then I, I believe it's Rav Nata's psak. The fact that I call Rav David and I say, I want to ask you a shayla, and he knows that I'm calling in an hour with a shayla, doesn't mean that a, that a, that a shayla was asked. It happens to be a fascinating discussion. The, the Gemara talks about it in a couple of places, in Nidadav Chaf, and Avodazar Dav Zayin, Chulun, in a few different places, the Gemara talks about, Hashawa Lechacham Vatime, if you ask a Lechacham, and he's Metame, Lo Yishal Lechacham V'yitar. 
Now let's go shopping. You can't go ask another chacham and wait for wait for him to be mitayer. The chacham va'asar, yes, one chacham he says asar. Lo yishal the chacham v'yatir. You shouldn't go shopping for a kula. It's interesting. It's also the reverse. You shouldn't go shopping for a chumrah. Sometimes you have people who do that. I've had that situation. Someone called me and I was mekel, so they called someone else. They weren't happy. They weren't happy to have, to have a kula. They wanted a dafka chumrah. They weren't come. Yeah, not allowed to go both ways. So, uh, so the question is. Um, who's the Isser on? There's a fascinating discussion. It's ha- the, the, the language of, of, of one of the Gemaras is Hanishal. The Gemara in, in, in Avodzara is Hanishal Lechacham, not Ashoah Lechacham. So, uh, so is the Isser on the Shoah or is the Isser on the Nishal? Meaning, is the Isser on the Chacham himself to not pass in something that he knows was already dealt with by another, by another Chacham? And, uh, and, and, and there's, there's several Nafkaminas. Um, what, what the reason for, the, for, for this halach is also. Why would you not be allowed to ask Shiloh a second time? I want to be mevarer by getting a... You know, I want to... You know, how does Rav Vadio say for Adeshuvahs? He takes into account every single opinion that was ever written on the matter. And with a broad spectrum of, of, of people who have spoken about the issue, he develops a mahalich and how to understand it. There's a, that's a certain way of thinking. So it wasn't Ramesh's style, but that, that's a certain way of thinking. And there's a, it's a very legitimate way of thinking. To, to know, once you know everything there is to know on the topic, you don't have to agree with everybody, but now you know every issue that, it, that could possibly come up, and now you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a mahalich. And how to deal with and how to deal with the shaila. So what's what's the issue of going around, going and asking the second the second chacham? So Rashi Nita says mishum kvodah shal rishon to be zayin to the first guy. You asked him a shaila, and now you're going to go to somebody else. So it's a it's a lack of covet for the first guy. The Ran in Avodah says no, it shouldn't be near a kishtei taros. The Torah shouldn't look like shtei toros that you're going you get one psak from this guy, one psak from that guy, and it's shtei toros. And the, then the Ran writes in the name of the Ravid, it's Shavya Nafshe Chaticha Di Yisura. That once you got your Psak Iser, you accepted that it's Shavya Nafshe Chaticha Di Yisura, you accepted that, that it's going to be Asr. Within Shavya Nafshe, you have a Chakira in the Achronim. Right? The Ketos discusses within, within, within Shavya Nafshe. Is it a Din in Neder? Or is it a Din in Nermanus? Or the Chumas Akri? There's a very labored Iksugi. In Shavya Nafshe Chaticha Di Yisura, well, what exactly that means? But there are different Shitos as to what exactly. The issue is, and many nafkaminas. Bidiyeved, can you listen to the second pesach? Who's the Yisaran? Would be enough kamina. Lots and lots of nafkaminas. Yeah. Um, two, two quick things. First of all, uh, um, there's a, is there a distinction between asking two different people a shaila versus asking forty people and then going through the sugi yourself? Yes. Good. Answers? Very important distinction. If you're asking a shaila because yeah. you can't paskin, you don't know how to paskin, and you're not a barhora. So, uh, so then you're asking a shayla. You got to rely on whatever it's. So you can't go collecting. But if you're someone who's higielora and you want to know what's out there, so it's the same as uh, as opening up fifty different svarim to see what the svarim say. You could ask fifty different gedolei Israel and see what they have to say, and then you'll be able to arrive at a at a pesach halacha. So that's true. That would be that would be a distinction. Now, vis-a-vis this shayla. Uh, I was certainly not going to pass. I was certainly in the former category. If someone person has to know who he is a little bit, so I was certainly not going to say, "Oh, well, I'm a rabbi too." You know, that's a, <laughs> Feinstein's a rabbi, and I'm a rabbi. You know, it, doesn't, it wasn't going to happen that way. Right. So the parallel of Rav is not 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 a correct parallel. Yeah. One other thing that Rashi that would seem to be saying that it's Rabbi's shot. 
to the cup. No, because maybe the bizarre is that after he gave you a psak, you went looking for someone else. But I didn't speak to him. I didn't reach him yet. It's not a bizarre to look for someone else. And I wasn't looking for someone to give me a different opinion. No, the bizarre is once he already gave me a psak, so what am I looking for another opinion for? I got a psak. But if I don't have a psak yet, it's not a bizarre to look for a psak elsewhere. So I don't think that's that, that would be an issue over here. Yeah, but we also have Kalei Apsak and Hadapask. So to create two different things in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of your own for for this case in terms of Hadapask, we try not to you not know, to do that. Yeah, so Sfarim should follow the Sfarim Psak and Ashkenazi should follow the Ashkenazi Psak. Okay, we have machlokes, but we try not to. If you have a, uh, you know, if you have a specific case where you have to do something, you try not to collect. You try not to well, look why for. Why is it not saying in this specific case is shnei Whereas in any other machlokes, it's not considered shnei Because the but I can only do one thing on this case. In theory, they're both right, but in this case, I can only do one thing. There's only one mode of behavior that I'm going to be able to choose. So I have to pick a path. And I'd rather not have to pick two paths. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, could you, like, let's say, not the Rav case, like, not go to, go to everyone just speaks as a poor Rav, because you can. Let's say you're, like, one of us or something. Could you go and ask many, many rabbis, but not as a Shiloh, but just say, like, I'm going to pick this Rav, if so you I'm going to ask for other If you tell them in advance. And that's not a Shiloh. In fact, with this, yeah, in fact, with this, this Shiloh, with this exact Shiloh, I, uh, I just sent a... An email this week to Rav Zilberstein in Eretz Yisrael, and I, his gabai checked his email. I don't think he's uh, <laughs> sitting on the computer. I don't think he's with his iPhone checking his. Uh. So uh, I sent the shaila to Rav Zilberstein, but I told him this shaila was long ago and it's already been dealt with. It's already been passed. I'm just interested in your chavistas. I'm interested in what, what you have to say that. Yeah, I felt like I had to say that. You can't tell them that it's that it's l'maisa and that we're going to rely on his psak. And obviously, it wasn't something that we're going to rely on uh, on his psak. So what he told me is he helped like Rav David. He said to be doch of the mila in order that the woman could be mishtatif the mila. Every day that you delay the mila is a violation. You have to do the mila miyad. Anytime you're not mila, you don't do the mila miyad. You're over a mitzvah sasei. Uh, it's a dark emotion. Reish samachal in day in the name of the kolvel. The shari tshuva writes that way. Even by a mila shalobizmana, you might think, okay, once it's not bizmana, anyways, what difference does it make if I do it today? I do it tomorrow. It's not on the eighth day. No, even a mila shalobizmana, and there's some discussion whether a whether that would be called meaning that is the newsman when the baby's eight days after the baby the baby is better. There's actually a fascinating truth that the Behuda has in Madura in Madura Tinyana Nadi Behuda was asked about a baby that wasn't ready for a mila bizman and. Uh, uh, he was ill on the eighth day and then he got healthy and he was ready for a mila but the father wanted to delay the mila to wait till Erev Pesach because doesn't even sound like the father was a Bukhar because there were other Bukharim in the neighborhood that were saying oh we don't want to fast this year come on just wait, wait till Erev Pesach you'll do the mila then and then we won't have to fast unbelievable that was the Shaila asked the Nod Vida. so Nod Vida says this is a very disgusting, terrible thing. To delay the mitzvah, and he says, Even on the day, to wait till later in the day, you can't do that. 
you got to do the mitzvah as early as possible. The Orach HaShulchan, Reish Samach Beis, Siv Ches writes, Mila Shu Chosim Bris Kodesh, Ubezed Nichnas L'Kedusha, Yesh Kpeida Gedola Shalol Yacharel. We try, we try very hard not to delay it. He says, people delay a mila for hours and hours for ridiculous things. Like what kinds of ridiculous things? Because people aren't going to be able to make it. People are, they have to wait till later in the day when all the guests are going to be able to make it. it. You do it as early in the day as possible, and if people can make it, they can make it. If they can't make it, they can't make it. My first son's bris was on Erev Rosh Hashanah. My oldest son's bris was Erev Rosh Hashanah in Edison, New Jersey. All my friends had to, you know, had to drive an hour and whatever to, to Edison with slichas, an hour and a half of slichas before Davni. Yeah, so it was, it was early. It was early, but what, what can you do? So that's, that's the Zman of the Mila. He says, Now, why is he talking so strongly? What, was this like a real issue? So the answer is yes. It was a real issue. It still is in, in certain places, um, especially in, by, by Rebbe's. If the, the Rebbe's always going to be the Sandik, so the Rebbe has to do Achanas. And uh, the Rebbe doesn't daven, sometimes depending which Hasidus, but sometimes the Rebbe doesn't daven until uh, till he's finished with the Sechanas for the davening. So he's not going to daven until 11 o'clock in the morning. And then by the time you get to the meal, it's already the afternoon already. So that's the question the post can deal with. Is that okay? Should you go? Is it better to go to a Rebbe who's a tzaddik and is that to, to be the tzaddik, which is also a gavaldige in Yin, but uh, at, the, at the cost of the meal? So I would imagine something like that is probably what the Orchashulchan is talking about. For Shtusim, that people, uh, that people delay a, uh, a bris meal. So the the um, no, I'm saying, it, it, depending which world you come from, for some people it makes a lot of sense. The Aruch Hashulchan is very against. What does the Aruch Hashulchan say about delaying for relatives to come? Okay, that's a different issue. That's for covered amaze. That's a different issue. But over here it's a mitzvah, so you don't you don't delay for for a meal. And then he says, Yafa asarta lomel mila shalob zman aber of Pesach im kvar lomeluhu. The, the rabbi who wrote the Shaila to the to the Nodibiuda, Nodibiuda says, I think it's a good knas that you made, that if they delay a Mila to Lerav Pesach, don't let them do the Mila on Erev Pesach. Make them push it off further, just to show that you can't delay a Mila to Lerav Pesach. Unbelievable, no? He's going he's gonna to make it delay, make them wait even further till uh, Cholomoed, because I don't, want, uh, I don't want people to get the impression that you can do this. Unbelievable. And then he goes on to say that Aside from that, me hitir lebechorim lechol besudas mila shalob bismana. He says, I don't know. Is that a good enough reason to eat a mila shalob bismana? He says, mila bismana mila. It's a good enough reason to eat mila shalob bismana. I don't think it's good enough reason to eat. So you, you're going to do the mila of Pesach? Don't let the bechorim eat. They won't. They won't be able to eat from from the mila. I think we generally assume that the bechorim can eat at a, even a mila shalob bismana, but it has to be. It has to be when it's the right time. You have to do it on on every Pesach when it's the right time. But he, he was very, very much against this idea of, of delaying the Brismila. And uh, Rav Zilberstein wrote the, thing, the same thing. And uh, he writes, in the name of the Tochachas Chaim, Rav Zilberstein wrote back to me, Gam yesh li zar lasos hamila baboker, teka fu miyad achar yitziasim besakneses, v'chein mina kol yisrael lasos baboker. But then Rav Zilberstein adds one more thing. He says that, oh, he also points out Pizchei Tshuva, has a big problem with Chazanim who daven when there's a bris in shul on the Shabbos. He says the Chazanim should daven quickly. Chazanim a marich, the bris is not going to be till Chatzos. Not right. 
the bris should be in the morning, and the chazanim should daven a little more quickly. This Chitruva writes like that. So the Bedan of Zilberstein says, Amna mitzvah gedola lahotzi kesef v'lasos magal sagur mikol mahalich habris ulahar oso liisha b'makom she nimtzeis. He says it would be a great mitzvah if someone could arrange for uh, you know for for a, uh, a video, not a video for uh, what do you call it? For uh, you know to Skype it that she could that she could watch the bris that she could feel like she's there in the hospital room, however much money it costs. He doesn't realize. It doesn't cost anything. You just need Skype. It's, it's free. You could, uh, however much money it costs, you could, uh, if, she could, if she could feel that she participates, that, that, that would be a mitzvah gedola that they would do. So Lemaise, that's what he would have helped to do, like Rav David. In my situation, I said, I told you what I thought. I thought that Pesach Kron, if he was giving a Pesach, we follow his Pesach, even though he'd be the first to tell you he's no Rav Nata Greenblatt in terms of Pesach Halacha, and he's no Rav David Feinstein in terms of Pesach Halacha, but it was his Pesach. So, but if he wasn't giving a Pesach, then it was Rav Nata's Pesach. So either way, whether it was his psak or Vnatsa's psak, either way the bris was going to be delayed at that point because they were the, the two that actually passed in the Shaila. I, I called Rabbi Kron. I didn't make the guy call. I called Rabbi Kron and I said, I'm just, you know, I told him the whole situation. I told him that I spoke to Rabbi Davin and Vnatsa and I was just, I said, it's your psak. I just wanted to know if it was a psak or if you, you were saying this for some other reason. He said, no, it's not a psak. I'm going to be choshed that someone's not from a guy called, of course it was a psak. I said, what's the smart for the Pesach? Because of Pekach Nefesh, because of the mental health of the patient, which is something that we do take into account. In Allah, a woman, someone's a Cholosh Yeshba Sakana, says, I need a candle lit in the room, even if the doctor says, no, they don't. They're really fine. They don't need a candle lit in the room. You listen to them. You light a candle at Shabbos in the room. That's, that's, that's the Allah, the, because they, they feel that, they, that they're anxious about the fact that they don't think the doctor can see well enough, even though the doctor says, I see fine. I don't need anything. Still, that's, that's enough. Their anxiety is enough. So, uh, so I, I said, is that the reason? He said, no. Totally different reason. He said that years ago, he asked Rav Zelig Epstein's Akronel of Rafa. And Rav Zelig told him that when a baby is going through treatments, when a baby is getting uh, medicated for whatever, whatever the issue is, uh, you don't start counting the eight days from the day of the last dosage. You start counting from the day after the last dosage. What's the svara? He said, we don't give a dosage of medication to a healthy baby. We give a dosage of medication to a sick baby. You're supposed to start counting from when the baby gets healthy. So the first day that you don't give the medication to the baby, that's when the baby gets healthy. And you count from then. So Rabbi Krohn unbelievably was saying, that's the real Zman. That everyone else got it wrong. They think the Zman's a day earlier. No, the real Zman is a day later. That's when, that's when they should do it. I said, you always do that for every meal? You, you do that based on that chashman? He said, yeah. That's the Pesach of Zola gave me. That's the Pesach that I always follow. So it was a real Pesach, and it was from a real... Uh, and it was really uh, based on something legitimate. And that's, that happens to be... I saw an Otsar Bris. That happens to be Machlokas HaPoskim. How do you count? Otsar Bris was written by Yaslo, Meishala's father, who is also a very famous model in Yerushalayim. So Yaslo, Rav, Yaslo, Rav Yosef Weisbord. So uh, he also quotes different shitos on on that, on that issue. I'll just mention, since it's time to finish already, on the first Shaila, all the poskim say you do the, 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 the bris on Yom Tov Sheni. You let the Eretz Yisrael Moel do the bris on Yom Tov Sheni for several reasons. First of all, it could be that it's not even in, in, in the Indian of Shlichus. You look in the Ketzos and Shin Pei Beis, he discusses that it may not be Shlichus when you ask him all to do a bris milah, so you don't have to say a svara Second of all, even if you can't make a shliach, it doesn't mean, shliach l'matzimashvi means that if you're not empowered to create a chalos, you can't empower someone else to create that chalos. 
But if the father were to do the Mila on Yom Tov Sheini, it would, the baby would be gemalt. He can create that chalos. It's just aser for him. So he can make a shliach to do that. Third, the shach holds that even in chutzlar, it's you're allowed to do a mila shalobazman and yom tov sheni. We happen to not hold like that shach, but at least as a uh, as a snip lahakel, it would seem like that, that we could that we could hold like that shach. So there are several reasons in uh, in in that in that case to uh, to be mekel. Also, the chacham tzvi you also have the, the this other snip that the chacham tzvi holds that bnei chutzlar is not yisrael should generally only keep one day anyway. So if, uh, if if you hold that, then for sure. So so we have all those different snip lahakel, and that's what all the posts can. I didn't find anyone that says otherwise that you do the Milan Yom Tov Sheni in that situation.